In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us. Nia Singh is the founder and CEO of Obsess. Nia, welcome to the show. Hi, Bobby. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I know time is precious. So again, appreciate you spending some time with our listeners today. You know, to get started, why don't you give us a quick brief brief of you and then we'll go into the company. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Obsess. My prior background is in engineering and fashion, which is a bit of a weird combination, but uh, I was an engineer at Google for five years, but um, I loved fashion. I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer. So I started taking fashion design classes at FIT, realized after a couple of semesters that I was really bad at drawing. So then I decided to kind of stick to the tech side of fashion um, joined a startup um, that was a luxury e-commerce marketplace. And then after that, I was the head of product at Vogue for four years. So launched all of the Vogue digital properties, including Vogue.com, Vogue Runway, and their mobile apps, and then left to start Obsess. Awesome. And what uh, what got you excited about starting Obsess? Basically, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what Obsess is and then how um, I got to it. But um, Obsess is an experiential e-commerce platform. Um, So our mission is to reinvent the online shopping interface. And, you know, the reason for that is like, if you think about it online, any e-commerce website, every site is a grid of thumbnails on a white background, right? And this um, interface was actually created 25 years ago by Amazon to sell books, right? But then somehow it just got used for every uh, category, for every brand, really hasn't changed much. So for me, as a consumer, I loved fashion, I loved shopping, but I just found online shopping so boring and so tedious, and I didn't always have time to go to stores. So I wanted to create an experience which gives you like the, the inspiration, the discovery that you feel when you go to retail stores, but doing it online without having to physically go there. And that's kind of how we started Obsess. In the early days, we were actually building for virtual reality headsets, but it was you know, too early for that. Uh, so we launched our current web-based platform about two years ago. And it's really about just making it super easy for consumers just on their phone, like clicking a link on Instagram or um, on you know, going on desktop on the website and being able to have this immersive 3D interactive visual experience for shopping products, which is very, very different from kind of the search and filter driven interface that we typically find on e-commerce today. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exciting. And what what has your kind of starting the company and as you started to bring in clients, what are some of the, if you can share some of the clients that you brought in and some of the use cases that you saw them solve for with your technology? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our customers um, come from a variety of different verticals, but, you know, they include Coach, um, Dior, um, Tommy Hilfiger, Dermalogica, Nars, Mary Kay. So a lot of like fashion and beauty are definitely our primary um, two verticals. But recently we have worked with uh, American Girl, 
and just yeah sam's club so uh, so yeah quite quite a quite a bit of variety and it's really about you know any brand or retailer that wants to create an online experience that's more engaging for their consumers so the use cases that we see a variety of them but primarily yeah it's really to improve the e-commerce experience as a brand is launching a new collection or um let's say for american girl they had their 35th um anniversary how do they create just a very special more engaging immersive experience for their consumers other um use cases that we also see so we can also create virtual stores that are basically real retail stores that are now virtualized and available to shop online what that means is we will shoot the actual um retail store and then you're able to access it online so you know that's really about increasing the roi on your on your retail real estate because now a much wider audience can access your store even if they can't go there in person so there we actually see brands the use case we see is for brands using it for pop-up stores to extend the life of pop-up stores so let's say you have a pop-up store open for a weekend or or a month and then with the virtual version of that pop-up store can be open for longer another use case is around flagship store openings we are seeing a lot of that now whereas brands are kind of reopening their flagship stores or opening new stores they can now create virtual versions of those stores and that enables them again to extend the audience and reach drive in store traffic as well by giving customers a preview Yeah and then the last use case that brands use our platform for is wholesale um so similar to end consumers um they also want to create a better experience for their wholesale buyers and so we create uh, virtual showrooms as well how do these brands are going to measure the effectiveness or correlation with your technology uh, or do they is it, is it just an extension right now and how they help these brands how they have they help their consumers access more information or you know, what what is what is kind of the the tie into measuring uh, the success here so definitely brands uh, you know for looking at virtual store technology they are typically looking at either all or a combination of traffic engagement and conversion so uh, on traffic it's you know it can be a few different things but one is they perhaps want to get um want to target a younger demographic with this experience you know our virtual stores it's hard to kind of describe them uh, on a on a podcast because it's so visual and if you see it you you know get it in one second but it's a gamified sort of experience you know it's the same interface like 3D 360 as a game so it definitely is something that um, you know millennials and gen z given that 75% of them are either playing games or watching esports they're very used to this interface so this is very natural to them to kind of interact with something in that way so part of that part of it is like traffic and getting a specific audience also in store traffic like i mentioned some of the brands are using the platform to drive in store traffic so they look at whether they can you know get new types of um traffic or more traffic um through these experiences the second is engagement so they are definitely looking at how customers are engaging within these experiences we typically see very high engagement rates as the whole experience is pretty much meant to drive engagement and you can click on lots of things you can you know go around the space you can browse you can discover you can click on videos all all in a very kind of natural seamless way so they're looking at that and then of course you know ultimately it's always about the conversion so whether um these experiences are driving sell through and so for us we obviously integrate with e-commerce and uh, we are 
fully integrated, let's say, with the cart on the site so customers can add products to cart from within the virtual store and then they can go through the regular checkout process on on the website. So it's all very geared towards ultimately getting that add to cart and getting that checkout. That's awesome. It, it probably provides a really I mean I would see I would see this as a, an area and also to help with customer loyalty and like building building up your channels to to build up brand loyalty within within your customer base, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, you know, um, really important because, again, what you see with today's typical e-commerce interface is like there's no differentiation between different sites, right? So it's hard to kind of, whereas when you go to a retail store, each retail store is different depending on the brand and you have higher brand recall. So this is essentially trying to bridge that gap that if you go to Tommy Hilfiger's virtual store versus you go to like the coach virtual store, they're totally different and they are very, very branded and they're reinforcing the branding that they have in the retail store at any physical touch point. So over time, both because of the more engaging experience as well as kind of the visual um, aspect of it, it's about driving return behavior, about um, driving loyalty in the long term. Makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah, you... You, uh, your company experienced a 400% increase in inbound inquiries, um, which is super, super. Uh, I mean, most companies, uh, you know, have, have to go out on an outbound channel, and, and it looks like there's a lot of demand for, for what you're providing. But why do you think these retail segments have, like, our first, first movers are interested in kind of more of a VR uh, storefront? Yeah, I think for these particular um, segments, because the product is so visual, I think that's one reason. And then the second is that, it's like basically there's like a huge almost like disconnect between, you know, the experience of buying this product, like if you were at a store versus the experience of buying it online today. And the online almost like becomes very commodity. You know, how do you, even among your own products, like how do you, you know, like on an e-commerce website, uh, a sock looks like the same size as a dress, right? Because everything is the same size thumbnail. So how do you even... How do you even show the differentiation of products and how do you really bring that brand forward? So I think that's the reason why some of these particular retail segments have been have been the largest ones. But I think also what we saw with this year was just adoption from a lot of or I guess inbound interest from a lot of other verticals as well. And, you know, everything from food um, to entertainment, media, music appliances. Yeah. So really, uh, you know, really kind of across the board expansion this year. As you work with these different brands, you know, what do you think some of the the factors are beyond like how they can, you know, beyond the pandemic, of course, right? How do they consider uh, creating these uh, immersive shopping experiences that that we think, you know, from my perspective as well, I think are going to become more critical, right? You have to have, you know, different channels. People have to be able to interact with the brands as they see fit. And I think, creating immersive experiences in retail especially is going to be a big if if not already for the first movers it, it, it's a big area of focus so what factors do you think um brands have to consider so i think first of all you know like many many things like this was not something that just happened because of pandemic but it definitely got a- accelerated because of that just like pretty much like all of e-commerce and ultimately you know the the reason and the way that a lot of our customers talk about it is you know omnichannel as it had been talked about for the last like 5 years or so was about the logistics right like how do we get you know, buy online, pick up in store, how do we kind of make the inventory really fluid? 
But the next phase of omni-channel is about experience. And so the reason why like these brands are creating these immersive virtual stores or any um, other kind of immersive experiences is because they ultimately realize that they need to bring the same experience that they have in retail stores today to their other touch points. Like it's not sufficient just to have the product inventory there. Today, that's, you know, essentially table stakes at this point. So now the next phase is like, how do we bring that customer experience across all the different touch points? And you see this with a lot of technologies, like ours is one of them, but obviously the rise of, you know, the sales live chat platforms where you're able to video chat with sales associates in the store. That's another example of the omni-channel experience. It's like you can be in the store and talk to a sales associate, but you can also be online and talk to the sales associate. So, you know, we really see it kind of fitting into this new sort of category of omni-channel experience and how, you know, no matter which touch point the customer goes to, they should be able to avail of similar types of services and have a similar type of experience. How do 360 kind of virtual experiences uh, perform compared with regular online stores? What we see is really kind of improvements like across the board, across many different metrics. So, you know, overall, like from time spent, what we see on average is that people, so usually these virtual stores, you know, they live as one page on the site at the moment. Like eventually we hope to replace the entire site, but at the moment it's uh, it's really kind of an addition to your website, right? So what we see is people spending as much time on this virtual store page as they do on the rest of the website combined. And even if, you know, you are kind of driving traffic from page sources, we typically see like a higher time spend than you would see from a typical like paid um, campaign when somebody is going to a landing page on your site. Then what we also see in many cases is higher conversion rate and higher average order value, so higher cart size. Um, And the reason, you know, in some cases for that is, of course, the whole experience is, you know, meant to drive discovery. So it's not about just finding one particular thing by searching and filtering, but just browse around. But the second reason for that is like as much as, you know, these stores are not designed for efficiency, it's actually very quick to go through a lot of products quickly because it's just a swipe, you know, with a swipe, you can kind of turn around in 360, you can see like a whole bunch of things. And so that's the other reason why we um, see increased cart size as well. Also, what we see is like once the user visits the virtual store and then goes to, you know, any other page on the website, then often we are seeing higher time spent, higher engagement for that user because they have visited the virtual store. So that's kind of going back to that loyalty and engagement point before is that because they have had this very immersive experience, they are more engaged with the rest of the regular format as well. Is there a difference between um, kind of, I guess, younger demographic shoppers than maybe you know other types, you know, other segments of shoppers? And how they adopt, I guess, adopt and use this technology? Yeah, so I would say, you know, as much as like I talked about sort of how the interface is very much like a game. And so brands are using this as a way to target a younger demographic. We don't actually see a huge difference in the engagement from any type of demographic. Like a lot of our customers are very high end luxury brands and their um, typical customer is an older demographic. But the great thing is, you know, like this is 
our, our real world is 3D. We know how to go to a store. We know how to walk around in a store and how to interact with things in real life. And actually, this is much more similar to real life. And it's almost like we have learned these artificial patterns of behavior on, you know, in our digital interfaces over the last 10, 20 years, because that's all what was available. But now really the next sort of generation of computing as as it becomes more and more powerful, our interfaces are going to get much more and more natural. So in a way, this is like 3D. It's very natural for you to interact with it, which is why there's really no learning curve as such of how to like use something like this. So we, you know, we don't see a huge difference in terms of like demographic. The biggest thing that really impacts, you know, what we see as engagement is actually the design of the virtual store. It's like, and, you know, these are these are principles that you might basically take from a retail store design, you know, like how you design a retail store determines how users will flow through it. And so same thing in virtual stores, like the layout itself, like how clear it is where you can go, how clearly different sections are shown and labeled. That's actually what drives the most difference in engagement from one store to another. Makes sense. Do you think as you look at kind of the younger shopper groups, do you think, do you think they're going to influence or, you know, is, is it going to is it going to help the VR kind of shopping experience or storefront evolve more? Or do you feel like, you know, this is one of those things where we are at a point where this is already technology forward and we just have to kind of learn more about patterns and, and, and what we learn from customers using the technology? No, yeah, I think it will um, help evolve. I think both both ways, you know, because. I think the retail store design, because we capture a lot of like real retail stores as well, and we can see patterns of usage and how customers are flowing through these stores digitally. And then same thing, like some of our customers, they talk about the fact that they want to use the data from from the virtual stores to, to decide how to design their retail stores or pop-up stores or how to redo the stores and then same thing in terms of merchandising as well so when we are capturing like a real store all the effort that goes into merchandising the store is now you know for the first time available like online and that the beautiful work that the merchandising team is putting in can now be seen by a much wider audience and we can see the data of how um, customers are you know sort of clicking on different products as they as they flow through the store and then vice versa if we are doing a fully digital store, the brand can merchandise it any way that they want. They can drag and drop products. They can replace them anytime. They can put products wherever they like. And you definitely see patterns of like how the placement of the product determines, you know, how much engagement and click through it gets. So it's kind of very interesting. Like some of it is very much the same uh, principles as you would think in a retail store design, you would apply to virtual store design. And then some of it is a little bit like, you know, digital specific behaviors where people don't click on things unless they are clear, you know, in digital, like they won't necessarily go, go to a closed door and open it, like more like if it's open and they know what there is, then they will enter the room. So yeah, it's interesting. Makes sense. Makes sense. What if you had to give three pieces of advice uh, to uh, our listeners that are in the retail world, what advice would you give for, for those retailers that are looking to integrate really their physical and online in-store experiences into one experience across the board? I would start with the fact that first, just the visual experience of the store that you have and that you're creating and putting sort of the all the physical and manual labor into it 
to integrate it into online, it's actually like fairly easy and it gives you like just a much, much higher user base who can look at that. So that would be the first part is just the visual aspect of the store itself, you know, taking, taking that online. I think the second part is the service aspect. So uh, obviously people go to stores because they also need some help with things. They need to answer questions. So I think the second part would be integrating the service aspect from, from the physical store into the online store. And the third one, which is more, I think at the moment, not as well developed in terms of technology, but hopefully it will be, you know, and that's kind of the last missing piece is, and more specifically, obviously for kind of fashion, but is really the try on piece, right? So that's the last remaining piece of like, what you have, an ability you have in the physical store that you don't have online yet. There's a lot of kind of tools and technologies out there right now where you can kind of start to experiment and try those things and see what works for your consumers. There's augmented reality technologies also for, you know, more specific categories like makeup and and jewelry, try on or or so on. So I think that last piece of um, letting users try on things just like they would in a retail store in your online website is what will complete sort of the full experience. How do you think um, an immersive store experience, and I know you touched on this kind of in the beginning as we started talking, but just give, uh, you know, the listeners a little bit more direction around this. How do you think an immersive store experience will help brick and mortar retailers tell really their story, connect with their customers better, you know, and be able to get establish more customer loyalty, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the immersive virtual store experience, like that's one of the biggest things that our customers use it for is to tell their brand story in a better way, which again is like visual, right, for a lot of these categories. So like, let's say in our platform, what we have the capability to do beyond obviously just the ability to click on products is a lot of different types of content. So you can interact like Let's say you can uh, click on a poster in the in the store and that can tell you the story about that particular campaign. You can click on video and the video can actually either play, like it can even just play on the walls within the store. It can be auto-playing. So the, a lot of these content interactions, um, we definitely encourage our customers to use as much of that as possible to tell the brand story because customers really engage with that. And what we really see from the data is the more of these content interactions and you know brand story interactions you have in the experience, the more customers will stay, the longer they'll stay, and the more they'll shop. So it does seem to have you know, a direct correlation to the ultimate conversion if you're also giving customers, you know, those story bits and immersing um, them in your world. So yeah, I think that's definitely like a very important piece. And we really try to bring as much of, you know, content and media that you already have might be producing for social or other channels into your virtual store experience where, where customers can discover it in a very cohesive way. That's awesome, Neil. Thank you. Thank you much. Um, yeah, that was a wealth of information. Anything I forgot to ask you that you want to make sure our listeners know? No, I think, you know, I guess the last thing I'll say is like, you know, with virtual stores, what's super cool also is that, um, you know, you can create anything you want. Like creativity is, you know, sky's the limit. And brands are obviously super good at that. So, you know, you don't even have to be restricted by what's possible in a physical store. Like we have customers who have made 
you know, like a rooftop pools or planets or just like whole, whole different worlds or islands of, or like islands floating in the sky. So, I mean, you can just imagine the possibilities. You can make anything that you want. You can make if for a next season, you can start from scratch because it's all virtual. Uh, so I think that's what's really cool. And I think that's what the fun will be in the future because we'll see all these branches creating awesome, you know, branded experiences that will be so much fun to shop from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Neha, for, for, for joining us today. That was a wealth of information. I appreciate you taking the time and hope to speak to you again soon. Great. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.